there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Uh, last time that we were with you, we said that uh, we had a little bit of cross between topics. And so we're going to talk about some things. You guys are going to really get to know us because we're going to dig into uh what our lives look like. And I guess Heather and I are kind of sharing with you a little bit of our lives every time that we're together. So today what I want to talk about is our childhood aspirations. Hmm. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, what did your parents let you do or what did they hold you back from that kind of shaped your creativity? Were you one of those children? I'm going to guess yes. Were you one of those children who had huge, hard to implement ideas and aspirations? What would make you think that? (laughs) I was one of those children, too. Right now, so my daughter is, uh, she wants to have a birthday party. She's turning 12, right? And um, on my 12th birthday... I wanted the exact same party that she has asked for, which was to invite every girl in the grade for a spend the night, Mm. right? My 12-year-old birthday party, we had a seance, (laughs) and a girl got so scared at 3 o'clock in the morning that her mom came and got her and took her home, and my mom didn't even know it because my mom was asleep. My mom was pretty furious. Uh, Also, we had a little mini fridge behind our bar. My parents weren't drinkers. But my mom and dad liked to make things. They were makers and they had made apple cider that had turned into hard cider that my 12 year old birthday party consumed. Oh, my gosh. I have a shocked face right now. This is radio. Shocked face. Shocked shocked face. face. Insert shocked shocked face. face. So I think about this party and then I think about the 21 girls in my daughter's grade and I think, hell no. Hell to the no. Like, I want to hold her back from this. Um, But I also think about the things that I wanted as a kid and I want to share some of our outlandish things that we wanted as a child and whether our parents encouraged or discouraged these things and talk about some of the things that our kids come up with now that we either encourage or discourage. Okay. So, you got some thoughts? Well, yes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You know, my son, my older son is 13 mm-hmm. and we are we are amateur parents. We <laughs> not done this before (laughs) we are learning on the job training Mm -hmm. and so 13 years um, of experience we have 13 years of experience but never experience with a 13 year old correct yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we are 10 months into having a 13 year old and um now this is the first year that he wants to trick-or-treat with his friends in a neighborhood that we are not in Mm -hmm. and you know, the world that we trick-or-treated in is so different from the world that we are in now. Yeah. I feel I am I absolutely am positive that when I trick-or-treated at 13 years old, I left the house with my friends and my parents had no idea where I was mm-hmm. and I was perfectly fine. I came home and and it was fine. And somehow I just cannot fathom doing that now. Right. So different. And what's also different is that his friends have texted me 
asking if he can go trick-or-treating with them, and I don't know how to reply. That's an interesting spin on peer pressure. (laughs) So, um, you know, yeah, I'm wrestling with that now also and, and thinking back to what did I need when I was 13, what did I need from my parents? And and then what do I need to give to him? And, and I can tell you wholeheartedly that what I needed from my parents was um, affirmation that, you know, space mm-hmm. to be my kooky self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and so I try to give him space to to be who he is instead of trying to make him be the kid I thought I was going to get. Right. Yeah, I get that. So when I was a kid, I, I actually I was telling my boyfriend this the other day and he said that what I wanted was creepy. OK, <laughs> so, I, and it actually really is like when I think back on it, it's really creepy. I wanted my room to be done in this specific way. I wanted to be able to lay in my bed and look up at my ceiling and I wanted it to look like a circus. Like I wanted there to be suspended like trapeze and I wanted it to look like one doll was swinging to the other doll for a release and I wanted a tightrope and I wanted this scene and I informed my parents that they should create this. And they informed me that that was a no-go, that they were not going to build apparatus for me to have my own circus show above my head, which he's right. That's kind of creepy that I wanted a circus show above my head. But I just wanted to be entertained. You know, I just wanted to. You you want what you want. You want what you want. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've said before, you know, that some people might consider you to be an indulgent parent. (laughs) I know that my husband and I are absolutely indulgent parents. (laughs) I, I think that we would get right to work on building the circus scene. I mean, nowadays, you see these children's rooms where they have asked for a rock climbing wall and their parents have absolutely made them one. You know, this is a thing. Um, My aspirations for like what I was going to do for a job Mm -hmm. when I was a child was I was going to design a machine that when, when you slept, the machine would take your, your dream images and put them onto a television screen oh and record gosh. them so that you could watch your dreams. This this was the job that I assumed that I would have. I don't know why I haven't made this machine. It would be amazing. Like, I dream really good movies. Um, <laughs> so I thought that that would be, you know, and, and I'm like, can, can someone help me build this? How am I going to achieve this? <laughs> and even in 2019, the technology... <laughs> I don't believe. Call us if, if, yes, let us know somehow. Like, go on our social media and tell us if there is technology present that can make this happen that I don't know about. But as far as I know right now, I still can't get images that are in my brain projected onto a screen. I'm so thankful that that does not exist (laughs) because the images from my brain do not need to be projected on a screen. Don't you want to see what you dream, though? Because we forget them. I and do. I just want to I want to watch it and be like, hmm, I'm, I can learn something from that. Yeah, sometimes I have a really good idea in a dream that um, I wish I could remember. And I and I do sometimes write things down. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll wake up and write down notes um, mm-hmm. that I, I'll get like a usually writing ideas. Um, to, I woke up in the middle do. of the night to create our intro and outro for this show. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just never know. We'll find out later if that was a dream or a nightmare. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Aspirations. I knew from the beginning uh, when I was a kid that I had stuff to say. 
and I wanted to be a famous writer. And I also knew I didn't I didn't figure out what this was until I was an adult. Um, all of the job ideas I came up with, looking back on them now, I recognize were all around the same theme. Um, but the jobs that I came up with were um, famous writer, famous actress, uh, talk show host. I wanted to be on the prize patrol for Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> that would be a great job. And the reason why was because I have always wanted to to get people excited. Make people happy. And make yeah. people happy mm-hmm. and bring people good news and, mm-hmm. and have people be talking about stuff. And, um, you know, I do a lot of that now. And so I think that my my aspirations yeah. um, were were brought to fruition. As far as what my parents supported me in and held me back from my parents were really brave in supporting me in theater uh, because the potential for me to embarrass them Mm -hmm. was very very high (laughs) Um, and they gave me a video camera as a high school graduation gift because I um, I wanted to make TV and, um, you know, looking back on it now, I recognize how supportive they really were and that they, I think they realized they, maybe they realized early on that they're okay. Well, I guess we all have this as parents. We all have this idea of what our kids are going to be like. Mm-hmm. And then we've written this script for them yeah. and then you know then of course as it goes you know they don't follow the script and then we adapt and they were pretty cool about me not following the script yeah i, th- I think that really I, I had parents like that too they were like okay i guess these are your things i do find as a parent myself and i wish that i could ask my parents you know if if this was true for them too that it's such a treat though when your child does lean towards something that was also kind of yours or that, you, you know, like, so my son is taking piano lessons and he's just naturally talented as a musician and it, it pleases the hell out of me. Like I absolutely am delighted that that is an interest that we share, that I can talk to my kids about music. Um, my bachelor's degree is in music and that we can talk about the structure of it and the form of it and all those things, you know, like, it is nice to have those connections with your kid. It's not necessary, but it is nice. You know, I just think it's a really, you know, kind of a special piece when we get that. I wish that my um, kids shared more of what I want for them. Um, I'm trying to be really patient. I remember there was a time when I really, really, really wanted both of my kids to have a sport. Um, and I know now that the motivation for that was trying to have them avoid the pain and hardship that I went through when I was unhealthy. Mm. And I felt like if they start having activity be part of their life early on, then maybe they can avoid that. But neither of them was interested in sports at all. And growing up in the South and parenting in the South, it's really difficult when your kids aren't into sports. Yeah, my kids aren't huge sportos either. Like my daughter is in cheerleading now this year. And that is another thing that delights me. Like I was a cheerleader and, you know, we talk about, you know, I'm like, what are, what are they doing? She's a flyer. It's important to be a flyer. If you're a cheerleader, you want to be the girl they throw in the air. Like that, 
that's primo. Like that's what you want to do. And she's teeny, and they throw her in the air, and I'm like, ooh, are you doing? I figured they were doing like maybe shoulder high at most. They're doing full extensions, so that's arm above your head, you know, Whoa. raised to the sky. They've got her up there, and she's like, it's not scary, it's cool, and you know. So now she kind of has a sport. She's a gymnast, you know. But I just figured that you know I'd be a like baseball mom, and I'd be a whatever, and I'm not, and mm-hmm. that's fine, you know, because. I am the mom of a kid who last year asked me if he could build a haunted house. And with the help of the neighborhood, he built an absolutely amazing, terrifying haunted house (laughs) that hundreds of people came through. And more high school boys were terrified than um, any other group, I believe. You know, and, and it was fantastic. So I'm a mom that does the things that my kids are interested in and that I'm proud of them and that they're proud of, you know? So I think that's pretty neat too. Part of the fun of, of being a mom or a parent really, um, if we, if we get it right is to be able to sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. And just kind of throw the script out and just show up for your kid's life and, and see what they do. And, um, you know, I, there have definitely been times when I have tried to edit, um, you know, what what they're doing um, so that I'm not embarrassed or I'm trying to shield them from potential embarrassment. And and I have to stop myself because prote- that doesn't do them any right. help. You know, it, well, protecting them from from rejection or from embarrassment is not helpful. And let's talk about why we do those things, because we both have said that sometimes we're seen as potentially permissive parents or, you know, we encourage our kids to do the things or whatever. Do you ever feel a judgment from other mothers or from other or, you know, or are you afraid of how the other people might see not just your child in, you know, whether how they perform in this thing, but his mom lets him do that? Oh, my gosh. This morning when my child left for school, he was wearing clothes that were not what I would have chosen. And I I think when I hesitate, it's because of me. Right. It's never because of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's because I don't want to be viewed maybe as she doesn't have control over her kids or like her like she's not, I guess. I guess I was going to say the words in control mm-hmm. again, like, you know, they there's no structure in that house and, you know, they just do whatever. And for some reason, I don't want people to think that I used to freak out about how I packed my children's lunches. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started. on lunches. <laughs> it would be an absolute like there are there's a fruit. There's two vegetables. There's a protein like because I didn't want God forbid that they ask for help opening, you know, a packet of um, Nilaways instead right. of, you know, something healthy. Like, I thought that the teachers or whoever, you know, helps in the lunchroom would be judging my parenting and my abilities based on what I put in my children's lunchbox. And I was crazy about it for, like, a few years. There, oh, was, yeah. a, there was a period of time that that was a big deal. Yeah. The level mm-hmm. of, of, like, FBI-level investigation <laughs> That I would do, like, like interrogating them about what other kids had in their lunches. 
because I wanted to know how my lunches See? compared. You were that mom. You were. Well, mm. I'm a health coach and I am a health writer <laughs> and people know me as being like healthy, healthy Heather. Heather. And so I, I, there are days when I send my kid to school with like, the lunchable tarts. No, I have not gone to <laughs> Pop Tart, but I have gone to like the fancy organic lunchable, mm-hmm. and and I do wonder. There was a time that I emailed my child's teacher and I said I just to explain myself that <laughs> there were not Cheetos in his lunch. They were actually made from beans, and they are bean Cheetos, and so they have protein in them, and they're good for them, and and. As I'm typing the email, I just feel like I why do why do I care what she thinks? Well, because I care. I because I do care. I I I do care about whether people think that I'm a good mom because I because I care. That's my love language is affirmation that I I'm need doing people a to good tell job. me that I'm good at this. Okay, <laughs> I think that in our first episode, we both said we need to feel useful. We need to feel like we're contributing. Yes. So, and we need to be told that we're doing a good job. Yeah. Go on our social media, please, right now and tell us that we're doing a good job. <laughs> Give us five stars. <laughs> Apparently please. we need it. You know, we need, we need high ratings um, <laughs> to stoke our own personal insecurities. Well, obviously, Help I mean, us. the fact that we both came and decided to have all of our conversations in microphones and then broadcast Heather and I don't it. talk to each other outside this room. <laughs> we don't need any attention at all. We're totally, totally secure with ourselves the way we are. So Heather, you, you, you kind of uh, told us about this, but let's just go over it, like reiterate a little bit, get a little deeper into it. What is your big crazy dream today? What's your thing that no parents can hold you back. No life can hold you back. What's your thing? What are you trying to do? Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. That's a big question. It's a big, loaded question. Um. Oh, shoot. You know, I kind of feel like there's nothing that I feel I'm holding back on right now. That's awesome. I really feel like I'm grabbing everything by the horns um i and i i have there's nothing that is in me right now that's waiting to come out i like that i kind of feel the same i kind of feel like i'm in like a flux period in my life like a lot is changing in my work life right now and there are positive changes it's like so many more opportunities are headed my way right now and so it's kind of hard to say gosh, what do I want to do next with all of the, like so many good things are coming at me. It's just a, which one do I choose? You know what I mean? I think being here doing this show is pretty great. Oh, I have two excellent television show ideas. If we we, we can do some more things. Oh, I got one is um, called first date follow. And Ooh. yes, and Ooh, um, <laughs> I want I want to be on that. And a, a male and a female sit. They're they're like the hosts, and they sit in a bar, and they choose a couple, or they have a couple that is on a first date, mm-hmm. and they provide commentary on this date, and they provide uh, kind of their guesses as how they think this is going to go. If the woman's interested, if it you know is it going to. You know, are they going home together at the end of this night? Is there going to be kissing? Is there going to be, you know, like how, how often is she checking her phone? I think it would be a pretty fun, a pretty fun follow can show. Can we create, um, can we speculate on their dialogue? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. uh, I think, I think it would be wrong not to. I think that would be it. 
The other the other um, show that I want to do is called I Dare You. Okay. And it is the host sits in some kind of social setting, a restaurant or a dog park or wherever, with three contestants. And they have them do things that would maybe be outside social norms, and they have to get up and go do them. Like, I want you to get up and go take a french fry off that guy's plate and eat it, and then just walk away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> have you seen Impractical Jokers? Oh, yes. That's okay. what they I guess do. this show's already been made. This show's Darn already it. been made. Darn it. But first date follow original content. Original f- content Impractical so, Jokers yeah. is the show that if I'm staying in a hotel by myself, <laughs> After I wipe down the remote control with a Lysol wipe and sanitize my area, I'll and I turn down the air conditioning and I get all cozy on the bed. I look for please, please, please let there be impractical jokers because <laughs> I will sit there and then I will text my husband and rub in that I'm watching it and he's not because we and don't that's get it the at best home. part, right? I am in quiet watching what I want to alone and. Hope, hope everything's going all right for you, right? You know, mm-hmm. hope, hope everything's yeah. okay over there. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, that, that's not. I'm not really going to make those shows, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> but those are fun ideas. I also, I want to, like, real things that I want to do. Yeah. I want to do maybe, like, some women's business grants and some mentorship stuff. Um, and I might have an opportunity to do some of that. That'd be pretty fun. Um, and I'm going to write this book. Yeah. And I, I've been working on this book, and I'm working and working and working, and it's taking way longer than I thought. Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's nonfiction. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. What about what? Can you tell us yet? Um. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's really about like, I I kind of have mentioned to you all before, all of the unfortunate events that came together to make me into who I am, and so it's kind of an examination of you know, that really crazy period in my life when I kind of walked away from life here, mm-hmm. you you know, and I don't think that our listeners know that I went and did like a 600 mile hike in Spain. Mm-hmm. And I did that hike because I needed to get out of my regular life and figure out what my life was supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. And it's not a magic trick. No, no, no exercise, no, you know, therapy, no, nothing is a magic trick. It's all work and it's all time. It was just a jump start, you know, and it was a, a period of examination and whatnot. And uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a really, a really neat book. And it's almost I'm giving myself some grace because the further I get away from it temporally, the easier it is to write about and the easier it is to see, gosh, how far you've come. You mm-hmm. know, so when you put yourself back in those moments where you were an absolute disaster because I was an absolute disaster and I thought I was fine at the time I thought I was functioning and I thought that everybody looked at me like she's cool she's got it together but where I am today is just so drastically different than then you know that to look back on it now is a fun exercise in reflection you know when you think back on that time when and you call it an absolute disaster or yourself an absolute disaster what was going on then that you now see as a disaster i think that a really big part of it was alcohol use Mm. because i was using alcohol to escape my life Mm -hmm. like instead of working through things instead of you know using 
other skills and other, you know, coping mechanisms, I would be like, you know, it'd be cool if I could turn this off. Right. You know, and just and I have a very, very active brain. We both have, you know, like we, you know, we need a lot of stimulation. We need a lot of, you know, and we we think and think and think and think and think. And the only way that I knew how to not think Mm -hmm. was to be like blackout drunk, Mm. you know. So that is a big reflection, you know, like that that's a big part of it. There were other things too, obviously, but I think that that's a like a very my life is very very different now that I don't drink alcohol. And like I always tell people it's really a shame that I drank the way that I did because anyone who knows me I don't need it to be uninhibited. <laughs> like uh, I am not better with a drink or two. Like this is already a lot. Like what you see in front of you right now, this person is a lot. This person is plenty. This person is the first person to jump up and belt out karaoke. The first person to, you know, do whatever silly line dance. I don't know, but we'll pretend to like, I'm, I don't need it for inhibition sake. <laughs> you know, So it, it's, I'm a lot uh, nicer to be around, in my own opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, maybe people would say she was more fun when she drank, but maybe I would say that most people would say, nah, she way better now. Like, did you have kids better. then? Yes, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely did. And I damaged relationships with people I loved, including my children, during that period of time. You know, and so I think that, you know, that's something I have to live with. And I think it's really interesting, I guess, for lack of any better word, that there was no like huge catalyst thing that made me like, I'm not going to drink anymore. I was like, wondering. There are so many stories that I could tell you that should have been that mm-hmm. catalyst, that should have been that, you know, like, wow, girl, really? You know, um, and we'll do a whole future episode on adventures in alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think that'll be a fun one to do in the future. But There are so many things that should have been, you know, a bigger catalyst to change. Then basically I woke up one day and was like, I don't like this anymore and I'm not going to do it. And interestingly enough, that happened to my dad when he was young. He used to drink. um, And I I never in a million years, I'm like, well, I'll just always drink at least some. And once in a while, I'll still have a glass of wine. I'll have, you know, a glass of wine. The most glasses of wine I've had in a single day since I stopped drinking was two and two was too many. I didn't feel good. I didn't sleep well. I was like, nope, that, I won't do two again. You know what I mean? So then I like once in a while, I'll have a glass of wine though, or a beer. Like I, I was never dependent on alcohol, like physically. It doesn't, it doesn't draw me in that way. You know, it was just, that was the only way I knew how to escape. Yeah. And now I know a lot better coping strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so, I guess we kind of went a uh, full circle on on our topics. We went from what our parents would uh, let us do or not do, what we let our kids do, how much I drank alcohol for a while. We just kind of blended it all together. I like I like how we went round on it. You know, um, I'm still going to be working on my my dream machine. I feel like we should really get to that. I, w- I want to see those videos. I don't. <laughs> Well, I guess on that note, we will wrap. We will talk to you guys soon. Go check us out on social media. Go say hello. Go give us some uh, topic ideas of what you guys want to hear about, what 
Maybe you read some interesting stuff in the paper that you want to discuss. And uh, we will be back with you soon. Yay! Yay! Bye! Bye Bye-bye! Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.